Okay, we're doing now Friday's portion of Chumash, and we are in chapter 8, verse 19. In this portion, we are in the middle right now of the plague of the wild animals. As I explained, every plague occurred over a month. For three weeks, Moses is warning them of the plague, and then there's like seven days of the plague itself. Right now, we're in the middle of the warning. So the verse said, I shall bring about redemption between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign will come about. What does it mean I'll bring about redemption? So Rashi explains that means something to distinguish between my people and your people. Because we're saying here that this is a great miracle of God beyond the miracle of sending this mixture, this mass of wild animals. But they eat wild animals. But they don't step foot in the land of Gaishan because that's where the Jews are. God did so, and a heavy mixture of wild beasts came to the house of Pharaoh and the house of his servants. And throughout the land of Egypt, the land is destroyed because of the mixture of wild beasts. The Rashi explains that this should be understood as the land is being destroyed, meaning this is in the present tense. This is the present perfect tense. It's constantly happening. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, slaughter unto your God in the land. Now, the question here is, what do you mean slaughter to your God in the land? I mean, obviously, they didn't think that the Jews were going to ascend to heaven and offer sacrifices there. So what does it mean in the land? So what Pharaoh meant was, in your place. Like I'm supposedly giving you permission, but I'm actually, of course, not doing a thing because I'm just saying, you can slaughter here. What do you have to go to the desert for? So Moses responds, it's not proper to do so. If we will offer the abomination of Egypt to God, behold, if we were to slaughter the abomination of Egypt in their sight, would they not stone us? So again, we're talking here that the sacrifice that Jews were going to offer is the sheep. And the sheep is something the Egyptians worshipped as God. So Raja gives two explanations on this term, the abomination of Egypt. Either the abomination refers to the sheep that the Jews intend to sacrifice, because this is how we call the pagan deities, we refer to them as an abomination. Obviously, they did not. The second explanation is, the abomination refers to the act of sacrifice, for us to sacrifice the sheep is an abomination to the Egyptians because we're sacrificing their deity. So then Rashi explains these last words as a rhetorical question. Not, would like not, they will not stone us. That's the literal translation, but that doesn't make sense in context. But rather as a rhetorical question, they see us sacrificing their God, would they not stone us? <clears throat> we will go on a three-day journey in the wilderness and bring offerings to God, our God, as he will tell us. So Pharaoh responded, Pharaoh said, I will send you and you shall bring offerings to God, your God in the wilderness. Only don't go far off and treat for me. Entreat for me means pray for me. And Moses said, Behold, I leave you and I will entreat God. 
And the mixture of wild beasts will depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. Only let Pharaoh not continue to mock by not sending out the people to bring offerings to God. To mock, meaning, <clears throat> as she's explaining here, it's uh, even though we don't see a prefix of two, it's absent from the word. Rashi explains that there's a absent prefix because literally the word means mock. But Rashi says it's like chew mock. In other words, Pharaoh was saying, fine, fine, fine. I'll let you go. Just pray for me. Moses is saying, I'll pray, but you know, don't make games here. You're saying you're going to let us go. Moses left Pharaoh's presence and entreated God. So Rashi explains this word entreated means he prayed very intensely. God did in accordance with Moses' word. He removed the mixture of wild beasts from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one removed. Now Rashi questions, this is different from by the plague of the frogs. Where the frogs were just told they died. Here it's he removed them. The difference is by the frogs, leaving them dead on the ground is continuing the punishment of the Egyptians. By the wild animals, if he, God just had them die there, it would have been beneficial to the Egyptians because they would have used all these precious skins. Therefore, they just left. But Pharaoh made his heart stubborn this time also, and he did not send out the people. This time also means, even though Pharaoh, yes, distinctly guaranteed he will send them out, guess what? He didn't keep his promise. Next verse. God said to Moses, come to Pharaoh and speak to him. So said God, the God of the Hebrews, and now my people, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to send out <coughs> and you continue to hold them, to hold them, this is how Rashi explains to translate the word. Usually the word would mean to be strong or to strengthen. In this context, you have that root followed by a word that begins with the prefix base, means to hold, to grab with strength. Behold, the hand of God is on your livestock that are in the field, the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the cattle, and on the flock. Very severe epidemic. <coughs> so, Rashi is saying here that this word is in the present tense. And we're saying in the present tense, and this is conjugating a feminine noun, hand is a feminine noun. That's why it says the hand, feminine noun, of God, oh yeah, which is in the feminine, because hand is in the feminine. And God shall distinguish between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and the thing that belongs to the children of Israel will die. <coughs> Rashi explains again means to separate. God has said an appointed time, saying, Tomorrow God shall carry out this word in the land. God carried out this word the next day. And all the livestock of Egypt died. And of all the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Pharaoh said to behold, the livestock of Israel, not even one had died. Pharaoh's heart becomes stubborn and did not send out the people. So maybe you could explain that to me. 
because he saw that, hey, okay, my people's livestock is gone. But hey, I could always seize the Jews. Okay, not so bad. I'm okay. And he still would not send them out. Now we're up to the next point. God said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourself your cupped handfuls of suit of the lion pit, and Moses will throw it heavenward before Pharaoh's eyes. So Rashi explains the suit is from the extinguished coal that had been burnt in the lion pit. And Rashi says there's a tremendous miracle here because, obviously there's a tremendous miracle all over the place here. It's interesting, Rashi just comments on this one. We have here four handfuls. Aaron's taking two, Moses taking two. All of that then gets put in one clenched fist of Moses. How do you know it's in one and not two? Because God said to throw it with strength. The word in Hebrew here is zorek, which means to throw forcefully. If you're throwing forcefully, you can only throw with one hand. So four handfuls are fitting in one hand. And when Moses throws it up, this suit, I mean, bottom line, it's four handfuls, spreads over the entire land of Egypt. As the verse says, it will become dust over the entire land of Egypt, it will become a boil, blossoming forth blisters upon man and upon animal throughout the land of Egypt. So this is how Rashi has explained this according to Uncleus, a boil spreading, spreading blisters. Because through the boils, the blisters develop. This idea of boils from the word heat, shrin, boil, comes from the root word used in the Mishnah, for something hot, as a boil was like burning them on the inside. They took suit of the lime pit and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it heavenward, and it became a boil and blisters, blossomed by man and upon animal. So we could say, wait a minute, what do you mean upon animal? We were just told in the previous plague that all the animals died. But um, but Rashi explains that God clearly said what's dying are the livestock in the field. So those Egyptians that feared God took the livestock into their home. And those livestock didn't die. It's the same thing later. We see a similar problem because after all the plagues, and the Jews leave, and uh, the Egyptians pursue them, it says that Pharaoh took 600 select chariots. We have a similar problem. Wait, where does Pharaoh get the horses to pull 600 chariots if every animal was wiped out in the plague of pestilence? So this is the same answer. Those that fear God put the livestock in the homes and then use those animals sequentially afterwards to destroy the Jews, which shows us that even a, so to speak, God-fearing Egyptian was uh, not very virtuous. <clears throat> so the sorcerers could not stand before Moses because of the boils, because the boils were on the sorcerers and in all of Egypt. And God strengthened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, as God had spoken to Moses. Again, remember, the first five plagues, Pharaoh stretched it himself. The next five were humanly impossible. But God kept making stubborn his heart 
to give him the whole gamut of these punishments, to bring him to a complete awareness of God's threats. God spoke to Moses, Arise early in the morning and station yourself before Pharaoh. Say to him, So said God, the God of the Jews, and that my people that they may serve me. For this time, I shall send all my plagues against your heart and upon your servants and your people that you shall know there is none like me in all the world. Note, each time it becomes more intense what God is saying the Egyptians should now recognize about God's powers. So, Moses here is warning about one plague and yet God refers to it as all my plagues. So that's telling us that this next plague is equal in severity to all the coming plagues. This was a plague of the hail that is going to destroy all of the young plants in all of Egypt. For now I could have sent my hand and stricken you and your people with the pestilence, and you would have been wiped out of the land. Meaning, I could have killed you already. I just killed all your livestock. And I could have, the same way sent it on the animals, I could have sent it on you. But I didn't. Why didn't I? In this account, I have left you standing. In order to show you my power, and so that my name may be declared throughout the world. 